Welcome to episode 112 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Welcome back to another episode. Um, you guys remember when we had Speech Techie uh, on our podcast, and he recently gave us a shout out on his blog, mm-hmm. uh, which was very nice of him. And so I was looking at that and found some more uh, resources he was sharing also. And I am always looking for um some kind of informal or non-standardized assessments that I can do with my students when, especially in the public schools, when you only do formal assessments every three years, that's not really enough to know where your kid is at all the time when you're working with them. Uh, So I'm always looking for those informal assessments. And he shared one that works really well with um, telepractice because there are boom cards that go with it too. And it's Mm. a school School Age Language Assessment Measure, or SLAM, is the acronym for it. And it has a set of pictures and a um, narrative story, and then a, like, scoring rubric that's all with it too and it's free so that's one that he shared and that I think looks great for um, using with I think it goes all the way up to high school too. different uh, versions of it to assess kind of that narrative and connected language Um, so that's one that I definitely will be using in the future And then I'm going to take Todd's job today to and share a bit of news in the telepractice world. Um, So one of our big companies in the telepractice world has been Presence Learning, and they recently are kind of rebranding to not work just in the education field. So due to that, um, the information that I've gotten is that they are changing some of their branding and their name to simply Presence. So I just wanted to pass that along. So if you guys start to see something called Presence and a new logo and things from that, that you know that that's a company that's been around for a while and mm-hmm. uh, we're excited to see the developments and things that change with that. Sure. And, and part of what uh, sparked that was they purchased global teletherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that company is now a part of presence. And, and so when they're, when you mentioned they're going to be expanding beyond education, so to speak, or, or are they going to get into like, counseling and psychology and some yeah, of those things. Yeah, I think so. It looks like um, just being beyond people that are just in schools, I think is their primarily their focus. So it'll be neat to see where, where they go next. Right. Right. Lots of changes. And I think we're going to see more and, and more of a lot of these companies are, are just going to be purchased and others are going to be merging as, mm-hmm. as the market pressures you know continue to happen and as companies some companies are going to be more successful than others and for different reasons and i think we'll see more of these companies sort of uh either having partnerships or or merging mm-hmm. so i think all of that will be coming even more yep. um on the show today have you heard of ambiki 
this new platform. I have not. Before you know? we talked about it, I have not. And I was just going to say, speaking of a like new up and coming, going to make waves in the industry <laughs> kind right. of company, I think that's yeah. what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, Mbiki, a new platform that's out there, a new company. And we have Bailey Morgan and Virginia Ingram from Mbiki. They are both uh, speech-language pathologists, but they're going to talk about this new platform that's now available and what it provides clinicians and what are the features and then how do you get access to it. So I'm really excited to learn more about this, this new platform that's just coming onto the market. Hi, are you creative? Do you want to give a webinar or teach a course? Maybe you're a writer. Do you want to create a blog? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. Whatever your passion is, we at 3C Digital Media Network want you to be a content creator so we can bring your ideas to life. So, to get started, visit our website at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and sign up to be a content creator. We look forward to seeing your passions come to life on our platform. Well, Virginia, Bailey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, can you guys introduce yourselves for us? Yes, um, I am Virginia Ingram. I'm a speech therapist and I um, work for Ambiki. Um so we'll talk a little bit more about um, how we have all gotten started in all of this. Mm -hmm. But um, I am a speech therapist that worked in technology for about 25 years before becoming a speech therapist. And I am really interested in how technology and um, speech therapy can sort of work together to improve digital literacy of our patients and also um, everybody that we serve. So that's a little bit about me, Miss Bailey. Awesome. Um, and I'm Bailey Morgan. I am um, also a speech language pathologist. Um, my background is actually um, more home health and skilled nursing and acute and subacute care. Um, but I worked um, in New York City during the pandemic um, with lots of COVID patients who were separated from their families. And um, something that really got us through the pandemic was technology and video conferencing and ways to stay in touch with your loved ones. Um, and that was really like the only way that we could do that for um, months, years. So um, I kind of took an interest in how we can use technology to um, better serve and better reach people who are either there's either services not available to them or just in places where there's not um, therapist available. So um, now I work with Ambiki and I help them um, develop the teletherapy platform. That's awesome. So we're going to get into what is Ambiki in just a moment. But first, let's talk about why speech language pathology. Virginia, how did you get to this crazy field that we have? Yeah, it's um, kind of a winding story. It seems like it should have been something that was a no-brainer. I don't know why it wasn't. I guess I was too airheaded to figure it out. But um, I'm a, a, a CODA, a child of a deaf adult. Mm -hmm. um, so I have been um, a mini caregiver my entire life. Um, but it wasn't until um, I had just gotten married. I was in my 30s and my father passed away and I became the primary caregiver for my aunt who had dementia. And um, she was an artist. And as I mentioned, I had worked in tech for many, many years. And 
I was in a meeting in Winston-Salem at the corporate headquarters of a really big uh, brand. And I was having this really big meeting about the global digital strategy of this brand. And all I could think about was going back to the nursing home that my, the skilled nursing facility that my aunt lived in um, to work with her and her occupational therapist to make art out of the art that she had done her entire life um, and how that seems so much more meaningful. So I decided to become a speech therapist because it kind of combined my love of um, language and my love of sort of, I don't know, meta information. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And um, from the very beginning, I've always been interested in how technology um, can support everything that we're doing um, and the data that we are tracking and um, capturing about all of our patients. So um, that is sort of what brought me into it. And then we'll talk more about teletherapy a little bit more, how we sort of got involved in that as we talk about the Ambiki story. Sure. Um, and I um, I had actually um, gone back and forth for years um, between um, like a linguistics type of study or mm-hmm. a medical study. And I worked at a nursing home in the recreation department for four years. And um, I got to see a lot of the things that the speech therapist there did um, with the individuals that lived there. And um, I took in the beginning, like a, an interest in cognition um, and dementia. And then over time, um, just like within my studies and um, my clinical internships and whatnot, I became more involved in dysphagia and um, trach invent and um, different type of instrumental studies for swallowing. And so that was kind of where I landed in my speech career. Um, and then, yeah, as I mentioned before, I just, you know, saw the impact that technology um, had for all of my patients and that it was a real lifeline. And um, I also have a little bit of a background in um, sales and marketing. Um, so that was actually how Mbiki found me was uh, they were looking for a clinician with a little bit of background in marketing. So uh, they reached out to me and here I am. <laughs> awesome. So uh, interesting backgrounds and how it's always interesting for me in uh, of how we get to speech language pathology. I mean, my first career was in journalism, so it's Mm -hmm. it's a wild, wild and winding road as well to, we don't have to go into that. Um, So (laughs) I I think too, it's interesting to like, look back at all of the things that you did before and how they like Mm -hmm. all come together to work well with what you're doing now Mm -hmm. and make sense. Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I oh sorry Tom no sorry. go ahead <laughs> um, I I switched into um, speech actually my last year of um, my senior year of my bachelor's is when I made the switch um, so I spent four years almost in school and then made that switch over yeah so. I guess your parents loved that didn't they <laughs> <laughs> what are yeah. you doing I know start all over no. yeah. <laughs> Yes, we, we have uh, students who do that. And uh, but, you know, it's when you find your calling, you, that's, you know, the time is, is just a matter. Yeah, it's just right. it just yeah. is, you know, and you so it is what it is. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So let's let's talk about telepractice and how that has evolved with both of you. And then let's let's talk about Ambiki and and. Mm-hmm. how the company got started and and where it's it's going and and all those things. Yeah, so it's interesting um 
I went to the University of Tennessee, the Health and Science Center. And um, when I was in graduate school, they um, I had the grant to work with the deaf and hard of hearing population. And um, we, I did some teletherapy with parents to train them on how to work with their, their children who had just been um, implanted with cochle- cochlear implants. And um, so that was the only bit of teletherapy I had ever done um, prior to um, going out and, you know, meeting the pandemic. Um, was that with Vel- Velvet Bueller? With Velvet, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh-huh. Um, so um, at Sidekick, um, Sidekick Therapy Partners, which is in Knoxville, um, Nashville, and Johnson City, um, they were developing an electronic medical record um, internally. It was a homegrown solution to run their business. Mm-hmm. Um, they started that in 2018. So it was something that was in the works long before the pandemic. Um, they were toying around with the idea of teletherapy. And in January of 2020, they did a survey um, to see who would be interested in teletherapy. And one therapist was interested. (laughs) And out of the like 85 therapists that they had, one was interested. Um, And three had experience. Um, One that was interested myself, which was minimal. And then I I think one other. Mm -hmm. Um, So they started toying with it as a potential offering, but they also knew that people weren't super interested in it. Um, But they started working on it a little bit in February. And the reason they started working on it in February is our our CTO, um, who is actually the the president of um, Ambiki, um, he lives in Japan. And he got a little bit of insight into the pandemic a bit early. Uh, schools mm-hmm. shut down there first because the pandemic hit a little bit harder in um, Japan than it did over here. Um, and so it felt like it was overnight to our team in the U.S. because the mm-hmm. pandemic was about a month delayed um, to us. Um, but they started working on it in February and we launched our first session in the pandemic on March 13th of 2020. So wow. pretty early in, mm-hmm. um, in the period of shutting down. So we never missed a beat. Um, it's been two and a half years. The world's been through a lot between the two teletherapy platforms that we have developed. Um, we've done a hundred thousand appointments and, um, we've done more than a million minutes of therapy. So we've done a lot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk more about that, but that's sort of the origin of how it all came to be. Um, it's sort of born out of the pandemic, born out of necessity. Um, it was something that sort of made sense. And once we started using it during the pandemic, we had a lot of people reach out to us and say like, what is that? Like they would see screenshots and they would say, what is that platform that you're using? I don't recognize mm-hmm. it. It doesn't look like mm-hmm. Zoom or anything else. So. Right. And Bailey, how did you get involved in telepractice? Um, so telepractice was um, very new to me prior to Ambiki. Um, that was what actually drew me um, into Ambiki because we are working on um, a couple of different things that are um, in an effort to make a therapist's life easier and teletherapy specifically um, just given the experience that I had had with video conferencing, I found um, extremely interesting to me. Uh, mm-hmm. And what is actually most interesting about Ambiki specifically is, um, at, like Virginia said, this was a platform that was born in the pandemic. Um, you know, they, they had done many, many sessions, many minutes with it. And 
when they started building um, Ambiki, which is like a um, almost like a 2.0 version of the first platform that they made, mm-hmm. um, they used all of the feedback from therapists mm-hmm. of things that they found that they needed um, during teletherapy that wasn't available to them, um, you know, through a platform like Zoom or Google Meets. And I thought that, I mean, the platform was so interesting to me um, that they had thought of all these features that were so therapy specific. And so um, just like tailored to making your session, you know, just easier, easier to keep the child engaged, easier to get, um, you know, more effective therapy than trying to hold a paper up to the screen or something. Um, And so the platform itself was really, really enticing to me um, and really interesting. And I I really just appreciated, you know, for me, my background in healthcare, um, honestly, hasn't been the best. I feel like a lot of times they don't really listen to, um, especially speech therapists in the healthcare system. And what was special to me about Ambiki was they truly built a platform off of what therapists said that they needed. Um, and, and still like, you know, we'll get, we'll get users that will say, Hey, this would be something that would be really helpful. And it's really quick. Um, many times that we can kind of implement that and, and get that for them because it is something that they need. And, and that felt special to me also to have, um, you know, somebody that was really listening to therapists. So that I really loved that about Ambiki. Yeah. One of the things that Bailey mentioned, um, so what, when, when the pandemic first started, so like, I think, I think one of the reasons that made has made our teletherapy platform. So user-friendly is, as I mentioned, no one wanted to do it right. <laughs> and they had to do it. Right. And that, that was universal, right? Nobody wanted to do it. Right. Um, but the difference was um, we would do our sessions all day and then we would send our feedback to the team. The team was working in multiple time zones and the next morning we'd have a meeting and they would say, okay, you were talking about how your patient was fixated on the timer. We now have a rainbow timer so that the patient will be able to see the time, you know, um, or, you know, your patient was fixated on this. We have taken that away. So, you know, like, so they were, they were creating it. They're creating this super user-friendly platform with all these people that didn't want to use it. Right. And so they had to be really (laughs) easy for them to use. And like, they were able to sort of modify it like in real time as we were getting used to it for the first time. Right. So it, it feels, it has a very easy, um, a very easy entry point because of that sort of initial foundation of it being built alongside, like while we were doing it for the first time. That's awesome. That turnaround time is awesome because I've had given feedback and it taken like literally years for some of those (laughs) things to get integrated. So that's amazing. Well, thank you. It's been exciting. And I think, you know, like as Bailey mentioned, you know, she's a clinician that also knows a lot about sales. Like we, like we've purposely brought on people that um, have strong clinical backgrounds to work closely and to learn as much about technology so that we're all speaking the same language and we're able to keep it so that speech and occupational and physical therapists, our needs are really at heart of everything that we're doing. So So at this point, is the platform like a available to anyone with a subscription? You don't have to be like part of the company or anything like that. We split off. Um, so we are, um, sister companies now, but we are our own company. So, um, so people can subscribe to it and they don't have to, to worry. It's a a completely different company at this point. Great. 
Yeah, we do have some clinics right now um, that are using the platform. Um, and same thing, like, you know, we continue to take that feedback that we get even from them. Um, mm-hmm. Like we haven't stopped there. There's We're always um, looking for new ways to improve it and to make it easier for therapists. And, um, you know, I actually came across um, PlaySpark and GoGo Speech and their um, interactive green screen stories. And so we have a green screen and I came across a a handful of therapists who were using their green screen stories. And, um, you know, after doing some investigating, I realized that really one of the only platforms that supports that is Zoom. And so we, you know, started looking into like, you know, how can we support therapists that use the green screen stories and how can we make that easy that they can upload that and see all the slides at once so they don't need to memorize the stories. And um, so we're just, we're trying to find all the ways that we can like help um, therapists who already have a lot of these resources and materials that they're using and how we can just like better bolster their um, their inventory of materials through tele- teletherapy. Awesome. So green screen, that's one benefit that you guys have in the platform. What are some other things that you guys feel are unique to the platform? So we have, so there's a lot of big things that are unique and small things. So for example, mm-hmm. um, a big thing I would say is that we have a built-in resource library that is interactive. You can draw, you can stamp, um, you can type, you can... Um, Emojify. You can, yeah, use emojis. Um, and we have a feature that goes along with um, our share screen feature, um, which is another feature that we have. We have our share screen feature. Um, but with the resources as well, we have something called the click beacon. And what the click beacon does is it lets um, either the therapist or the child click anywhere on the resource or the material or the thing that they're sharing through the share screen. And so now it eliminates the need to have to give remote access to the child. Um, and you can still see where they're clicking. You can still point to things as the therapist. So for like receptive language, it makes it a lot easier. And just for overall like HIPAA compliance and safety now, you don't need to give the child remote access to your computer. So like that would be an example of maybe a bigger, um, you know, feature mm-hmm. that we have. Whereas like maybe a smaller feature that we have is like our whiteboard, for example, when you open the whiteboard, it's locked so that the kids don't go crazy scribbling all over the place. The therapist has control of it at all times so that they can turn it on and off and kind of just like have control of their session, even though it's remote um, and you're not sitting next to the child, um, you're still able to kind of have those controls in place that things don't go too awry. So one of the things I was thinking, like, so most teletherapy platforms have a chat feature and mm-hmm. we have a chat feature. Um, not a big surprise. Um, but what's cool about our chat feature is it has chat corrections. So if the patient chats something to you and um, you just got to get in there and help them with that language, then you can actually correct it. Um, the patient will see sort of the strikeout and then the correction that you make and they'll be able to see sort of what um, you're doing. I know that was really helpful for me um, when working with a, a patient that was at a residential high school and um, like talking to mm-hmm. me via teletherapy was not really the coolest thing in the world. And so instead she preferred to, to chat to me and I was able to do a lot of work with her on her language because I was able to see things that, you know, I might not have been able to see as easily in um, oral communication. So uh, things like that are um, ways that we have taken things that are expected features, but made them modify them to really meet the needs of, of therapists. 
I feel like all of that, you can tell that there was a therapist who said, this would be a good idea if we could do this. Because we've all been there with Zoom where we're like trying to get the mouse control back from a kid after they have it. And I still have not found a quick way to do that. So you can tell that a lot of those were from feedback. Yeah. Another one, Bailey, if you don't mind me um, mentioning, is um, we have an emergency break. And the emergency break is um, born out of necessity. Um, <laughs> this happened to me in a session. This is not a unique experience. Um, I was um, doing a session with a patient. We had had difficulty connecting. He had, had was having bad Wi-Fi that day. And I didn't want to disconnect. And he mentioned that he needed to use the restroom. And I realized the iPad was going into the restroom, right? And um, so, you know, we worked it out. We got everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got to his mom, you know, we got everything turned off. It was, it was fine. Um, you know, hijinks ensued. Um, but instead, especially if you're doing a group therapy session, I mean, it could be appropriate for an individual session as well. You can hit the emergency break and immediately cuts the um, video and the audio from that patient so that um, nothing will be broadcast. <laughs> um, and so, um it is something that um, many of us have found useful um, since we have introduced that feature. Um, a feature to me that is is so interesting for me because I don't have a background um, in pediatric teletherapy prior to Mbiki is we have something called reactions. And this is honestly my favorite thing when I'm doing a teletherapy demo with somebody. And what it is, is it's an on-screen animation um, that has sound as well. So it's like a ninja that pops up on the screen or bubbles or balloons or fireworks. And I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh yeah, like this is cute. Um, like I love this, but I'm having no experience with children, you know, um, didn't realize how, how valuable that feature is because mm-hmm. I get so much feedback from the therapist that this is like a lifesaver. It's a redirection. It's a celebration. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so incredible at what, um, they, the team worked on for so long and got all of these, um, ideas from all these therapists, um, that just make it so much easier to do teletherapy. Like for me as somebody, again, who doesn't, it doesn't have so much experience um, working with children over teletherapy. I would feel comfortable and, and I, I would feel comfortable doing teletherapy on Mbiki. I would feel like I have all the tools that I need that I don't feel like I'm like running out of things to do. I have the resource library there. I can, if my, this material isn't working and they're just not interested, I could pull up something else. If they need to watch a video, if I need to send them a ninja, you know, um, it gives you a lot of different things um, to be able to keep the session running smoothly. Um, I, I can I can keep listing some features for you. I would love to tell you, <laughs> you all that. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned videos. How um because there is some platforms I know that have like a, an integration with with uh YouTube, some that mm-hmm. it's just kind of screen sharing and so you still get the like ads and pop-ups and things. What's what's the experience of watching videos in the platform? Um ours right now is through the screen share um okay. feature. Uh, and, and like I said, we, we have the click beacon that goes with that as well. So they are still Mm -hmm. able to also interact with the video. Um, so if you wanted to like play a video that you wanted to use, like if, if you're doing like articulation and you're playing a video of bubbles, you can have them click on the bubbles and say the P sound. And, um, so we've added that there just to kind of, um, add another dimension to the share screen as Mm -hmm. well. 
That's great. And it's still, I've had problems sometimes with it not playing the sound when it's a screen share. So they get the sound and everything with the videos too. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, it, it, you start it a specific way, but yes. Um, and that's something that's <laughs> built into the browser. Yeah. Way. You have to like, yeah. you have to like check to share the sound and that's mm-hmm. sort of big baked into your browser. And so it's right. like one of those things that's like a, a hard thing to do unless you have it as a native thing, as you mentioned. So that is one of the things that we know we want to be integrating it as we're continuing to make it better. And the the platform itself, is it for the lifespan or is it focused primarily on pediatrics? It's, it's primarily focused on pediatrics, but I, there are definitely users that use it even up to high school, um, just Mm -hmm. because there are those features like the chat correct. And, um, you know, the resource library has a pretty big span of resources in there that are like pre-K even earlier, um, through 12th grade. So if you're, even if you're just using it for like the chat correct and the resource library, um, you know, there's other features as well, timers and things like that, um, so that you can run your session even for like Mm -hmm. an older individual. And is that sort of a growth area in the future, do you think? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, we start with what we know. Um, And so this is an area where we know that we can make a big difference. And um, things that we have done along the way, um, like, you know, um, because we are therapists, right? Because a lot of the team are therapists. We'll talk about the tools that we use in therapy and then start to integrate those in. So another thing that um, we neglected to mention when talking about some of the features are we have a visual schedule baked in Mm -hmm. so that you um, like natively in the app, you can just pull up a visual schedule that you could actually create on the fly if you needed to during the session, or you can Mm -hmm. pull up one that's pre-made. And there's um, four different ways that you could, display that visual schedule um, so that you could sort of like based on whatever needs you have um, with the patient or however much time you have. Um, And so, um, so we have been working a lot on integrating a lot of those different types of things um, into like, that was not something that was in our initial version of teletherapy. So like with this, like sort of um, ambiguous version, we've integrated a lot of those things because those are the types of tools that we know that we need all the time. And assessments, how how are those handled through the platform? So we do have um, some informal assessments that are in our material library, um, mm-hmm. but um, but we're still recommending um, like Q Global and some of the third parties to handle mm-hmm. all that stuff. And, and and part of that is because we are we have the teletherapy platform ready. Um, we have tons of materials that are on the platform, but we're still building out an electronic medical record and that electronic medical record will have those. Um, so we mentioned that Sidekick was the company that started us and the mm-hmm. EMR that we have for Sidekick does handle like assessments and evaluations in it. They, they also still use Q Global, um, but it does have all those built native in and that will be in Ambiki, but it's not there yet. But soon. Soon. Good, good. Bailey, you have something you want to add? Um, and I was just, I was thinking about assessments, which for some reason was leading me to supervision. Um, and I was just <laughs> oh, uh, another, yeah, yeah a feature sure. that we also um, have is we have an observer mode um, that has become increasingly popular just in conversations that I'm having. Um, it allows a therapist to have an observer present in the session without the child seeing the observer. So, Mm -hmm. um, even though you could turn off your camera, like in zoom, um, 
they won't, you'll still see that black box there. They still know that there's right. somebody else watching them. Um, and the mm-hmm. observer mode keeps them hidden. Um, they have the ability to make themselves visible if they want to intervene, if they want to help with something. Um, but the observer mode uh, is something that I've been looking into now. Um, I've been kind of chatting back and forth with Asha about um, uh, supervision requirements for graduate students and clinical fellows now that um, telepractice has become more normalized and um, used in different programs. And um, so that is kind of something that I'm exploring is ways that we can use our observer mode to help some of these um, students and clinical fellows get their hours. Because I know for me personally, that was a really difficult thing to get those hours. And so if we're able to do that through teletherapy, I know that would take a lot of stress off of a lot of um, uh, new clinicians and students that are trying to meet those uh, requirements for their license. And do you know if, yeah, any universities that are using the platform? Um, we don't have any universities using the platform yet, um, but I know. <laughs> Would you like to? <laughs> We'd love for them to. Yeah. Um, well, we we could talk. Let's talk. Yeah. yeah. That's what one of the things that I've missed a lot with my years in teletherapy is being a supervisor. I did it. Uh, we'd have um, interns come through in the summer when I worked in the birth to three program. And I really liked that supervision role. And at one point, some companies hinted that it might be coming. And I think it was the kind of thing where then they couldn't figure out the logistics of it. The where would you have to be licensed? Where how close would you have to be? How would they account the um, supervision hours and everything like that? So the bureaucracy needs to get with the technology. I think for sure. So this is where this is where the pandemic helped us, right? Because I was a CF when the pandemic hit, right? Mm-hmm. I still had to be supervised. So we had to build observer mode into it because we were only doing teletherapy mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, everybody dispersed. Right. So I was, my supervisor was in, um, in Johnson city, Tennessee, I was in Charlotte. And so she was supervising me from Charlotte and I was in Charlotte to help out with a family member, you know, for sort of medical assistance. And so mm-hmm. it was like one of those things where like, we built that in from the very beginning and it's gotten better um, like with this new version of it um, because we had to have it because we had, um, you know, people like me that needed to get our hours into ASHA. So, so. I, I did my CF in, Cal- in North Carolina too. Oh yeah. And they told me that my supervisor had to be within 50 miles of me at yeah. all times. Mm-hmm. So I this had. This is the luckiness of the right? pandemic, right? Rules <laughs> right? were a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within 50 they, miles my, of all times. At all times. My company had to hire somebody else to be my supervisor because there oh. was no one that worked for the company that was within that proximity. Wow. So it was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Luckily things have changed and yeah, you know, right. we have like the interstate compact, like now there's yeah. just, you know, so like that is a very helpful thing, but yeah, all that stuff comes a little late, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it's progress. It's We're progress. Getting We're getting yeah. It makes That's for good true. conversations. We can say, I remember when. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, guys, I think it's, uh, now time for the actual reason why we get together. And this this is, um, I mean, all this talk about telepractice is one thing, but this is the real reason why we, we have this show. Um, it's to 
what we call our our moment of Zen. And so we have some questions we'd like to ask you. Okay. And right, I have, ready. Ooh, you think you're ready, <laughs> huh? So uh, we <laughs> have three, three lists. <laughs> we have list A, B, and C. So which list do you want? We'll use the same list for both of them. List A, list B, or list C? You pick Bailey. List B. Ooh, a B, B for person. Bailey. B yeah. For Bailey. <laughs> All right, Bailey, since you were so eager, um, we'll start with you. And and so the, you both would answer. Um, would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? I would describe myself as an extrovert, yes. <laughs> okay. <Do> that. <laughs> Same? Okay. Yeah. What's the best compliment you've received? Ooh. A specific one is a little difficult for me, but I think um, family's gratitude for being there for their loved ones in times where they were at their weakest um, are the the best compliments um, that I could think of and receive. Awesome. Virginia? That's tough, man. I, um, I would say... I feel that I am, this is kind of similar to Bailey's, maybe I am being influenced by what she said, Um, but I feel like um, I am the type of person that like I'm there, you know, like when, when you need something, I'm there. So I like to be available as I can. Good. Good. Next question, Bailey. Who has been the most influential person in your life and how did he or she impact you? Hmm. So the people, the people that come to mind and I'm going to narrow it down to one um, are actually a lot of my supervisors. Um, I've been really fortunate to have really good supervisors um, that have really guided me. I would say, honestly, my, um, the, the supervisor that I had during my fellowship, um, who is now a close friend of mine, her name is Brittany. Um, Brittany really empowered me as a therapist and we had our, our employer was, had a tendency to make us doubt ourselves a bit. And Brittany, uh, did a really great job of empowering me. Um, you know, as a fellow clinical fellow, I was doing trick and bet, which is kind of a scary thing to do when you don't really get that much training of it in school. And, um, she really made me conquer my fears. And, um, I think that has played a big part in, um, my, my clinical practice and, um, my eagerness to try new things, to learn how to do fees, to learn how to do modifieds. Um, I think that she instilled that confidence in me. Great. Great. Virginia. Um, I'm going to cheat a tiny bit and then narrow it down. I, I'd say my parents, because both of my parents, my mom, you know, you know, being someone that has had, um, profound hearing loss her entire life. Um, and, and my dad being sort of like who he was, they were both, um, mavericks. Like they didn't do things the way that other people expected them to. And Mm -hmm. I think that, um, my dad in particular really bred that into both, um, me and my sister, um, from a year, from an early age, we were, um, coding things and, um, doing things with technology in the eighties. Um, so it made sense that, um, I would, my first job was in tech. I worked for the first DSL company in New York city and brought that out and worked Mm -hmm. in a dot-com incubator that was reliant upon people having high-speed internet access in the nineties, you know? (laughs) So 
technology has always been something. Um, I've always worked with people that needed to do something on like through technology that had never been done before. And I feel right. like my dad set me on that path. And I feel like that is sort of, it makes sense that I am where I am now because it's just been inbred bred into me. So. Awesome. That's great. Bailey, what do people misunderstand most about you? Hmm. Hmm. These are uh, these are some questions. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, it's a moment of zen for us, not yeah. necessarily. Our... <laughs> to watch to watch our guests. <laughs> our guests. <laughs> <laughs> Only for the listeners too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I think honestly that I'm, I'm always in a rush would be something that I've been told before <laughs> that I speak fast and that I move fast and that I always seem maybe a little bit frantic. And I think that's maybe just a product of living in New York my whole life. That's um, what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm just a frantic person, but um, internally I don't feel as, as frantic as I apparently come across as. <laughs> okay, good. Virginia. So mine is one that I only have recently realized. And it's mm. something that is very true. And it was like one of those like, oh, like epiphanies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, I, um, if I don't feel as if I have been heard, and I think this is because I'm a CODA, if mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've been heard, I will dig in. And it's because as a child, mm-hmm. if I was, I was not heard. Until right. I made myself heard, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so oftentimes, something that I even feel mildly about, I'm like, right? Like, you know, <laughs> did you hear it? You know? <laughs> and so, and so, it, it comes across often as I am um, uh, putting pressure on something. When actually, I just want to make sure, like, you just have to say, like, okay, I heard you. And then it's like, I don't really care. (laughs) And that was like a a really big sort of like moment, a big moment of Zen for me that Mm. I only realized this year was that sometimes it comes across as if I'm demanding and I'm actually just saying like, you heard me, right? (laughs) So now you can monitor that more. Yes. Right. Monitor it. I'm aware of it. You're aware of it. Cool. Mm -hmm. So Bailey, have you noticed that about her? Uh, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, I, I take her word for it, but I, I think, I, I think she's dodging. She's dodging the question. She's being nice. She yeah. just want to say, she just want to say, she said yesterday. No comment. It's like, no comment, no comment. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, let's see the next question. Uh, Bailey, do you have a favorite quote or motto? Uh, I have quite a few. Um, I think one that I often, well, can I, can I defer to Virginia for a moment? Yeah, you think for a second. (laughs) Virginia. So the one that I um, have is that I, I used to have it written on a piece of paper and like in my car. So I would see it like as I was driving around. Um, And that is you have everything you need to begin. Because I would hmm. often think that I needed to do something else or I needed to look at something or I need to consider another perspective. And it's like, just go, just get That's started. Cool. 
mm-hmm. you can always course correct, right? But you have everything you need to begin. And it gives you some more confidence in yourself and what you believe. That's a good telepractice one too. <laughs> it, is, right. it is. Everyone was scared. You have everything. You, you have, have everything you, you need. Just start. Yeah. You just, just have to start. It. You just have to start. Okay, Bailey. Bailey's still thinking. What is it? <laughs> Virginia's is much more wholesome. I mean, I'll be honest. The, the, the quote that came to mind was don't ask uh, permission, ask forgiveness. <laughs> but I feel like I don't know if that's the quote that's that good. I want to represent I like it. myself with. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I've used that um, mindset many, many times in my career uh, when I felt that I wasn't going to get the support I needed from administration. I just did it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and usually it worked out okay. Usually. Yeah, usually. yeah so far so good. <laughs> That's the thing. There are very few things that are completely permanent, right? Right. So yeah. right. And if you get fired, you get fired. No more. No exactly. more. Then you have the opportunity to find another job. That's right. It's a growth opportunity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. We're unexpected. We're yeah. right. SLPs, someone will hire us. Someone. Yes. Yeah. yes. Exactly. <laughs> So Bailey, how would you define success? Um, you know, my, my definition of success has changed a lot over the years and it used to be, um, that you learned as much as you could and you like peaked in your learning and you found a way to make a lot of money and you feel well off. And, um, I feel like over the last couple of years, I've learned that, or at least in my opinion, I would define success as yes, being comfortable and being able to pay off your student loans. Um, but, (laughs) but, um, finding like happiness in what you're doing and something Mm -hmm. that you like waking up and doing every day. And and that doesn't even need to be in regards to a job, but just in general, what you're doing in your day-to-day life. I think that that is something that makes me feel successful is when I'm content with, um, the, the different things that I'm working on or involved in. That's great. Perfect. Virginia, how do you define success? I think um, no idea comes from just one person. It comes from the collaboration and the work that you do when you're building something together. And Mm -hmm. I think that success is when you can look at something that you finished and you can be proud of what you've finished and you can have a conversation about what could have been better. And Mm -hmm. um, you can know that you can always go back and, you know, you have everything you need to begin. You can always go back and and sort of make things better, like an incremental, but, you know, um, success is making a movement, you know, getting things done and having, having partners that are backing you up and you're working together and collaborating. So that sounds great. That sounds great. Until Bailey says, I'm doing it anyway. I'm not asking for permission. We work well together. <laughs> um, what's the best advice that someone has ever given you? Mm. Do you know, Virginia? Do you have it's a thought? real not wholesome. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. Does it have to do uh, with men? No, 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 <laughs> no. It has to do with like um, the, not making it worse. Okay. But a, a very um, disgusting way of saying that, <laughs> which I will not say on a podcast. 
<laughs> now you got us really intrigued. I'll tell you no. after, after it's over. Well, when that record button goes off, then we'll have That's to right. ask you. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Bailey, do you have some advice? Um, I think that um, some good advice that I have, which might sound a little um, basic or shallow, is is honestly just to do your best. Um, I think um, in my experience working with clinicians, we are all very motivated and ambitious, and it's easy for us to um, talk down to ourselves or have really high expectations for ourselves. And I think sometimes it's really important to, um, just know that like, you know, you're, you're doing the best that you can and we're all human and we're all, um, you know, doing what we can every day. And, um, maybe some days better than others, but I think as long as you've tried your best for that day, um, whether you're at 10% or hundred percent, that that is the best advice and most important. Awesome. Very good. What's a hack that you've discovered or a tip or something that you could be about telepractice, could be about washing clothes or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just could be anything. (laughs) Mm. Silence. Virginia, Virginia and I meeting before this podcast, you'd be like, we're well prepared with all the teletherapy talks. And now <laughs> we have this list. Also, of- here's a life hack I learned recently. Okay. Park Good. your car in the garage if you have one so that your catalytic converter doesn't get stolen in your driveway. <laughs> That's a tip. Especially if you have a Honda Element or a Toyota Prius. Which are okay. two cars that my so- husband and I have. So they look so so thieves are are yes. stealing those yes. models, huh? Yes. Catalytic yes. converters on those models. Yeah. So that's a tip to okay. everyone that's listening. Okay. I have I have two sisters that have had cars stolen or broken into from their driveway. So yes, mm. I agree. <laughs> yes, yes. If you have one, if it's available to you, do that. Yep. Do they have car alarms? Do you have car alarms? No. Yes. <laughs> <Carl> Ours didn't. <laughs> I mean, that would be smart. But I'm just going to park it in the garage. Okay. I don't yeah. need an alarm. My sister's was like her the old two, car. Yeah, my sister's was like her 2000 Toyota Forerunner that's like on its last leg, and she was like, "Why would someone want to steal that?" So it might not have had an alarm. <laughs> yeah. Mine's a 2011. It's old. It's analog. the good thing right now there's no chips for computers anyways (laughs) true true any any tips or hacks Uh, i'm gonna double down on virginia's car hacks and my (laughs) hack is gonna be to not park next to a diner unless you would like rats yes. to eat the wires out of your car because that was something oh, that I really? experienced in the last month. So oh, wow. don't park your car next to a place that serves food I think for it's more just, than a day or two. Be careful about where you park your car. I think that that's the overall <laughs> message that we're saying. Be careful where you park your car. Yeah, it's a theme that's forming, I can tell. Right. Um, right. I did. Theme. I had a mouse infestation in a car in North Carolina, so... Oh, but, mm. but we also <laughs> live next to a chicken farm, so that might have yeah. been why. There you go. <laughs> and you weren't in Union County? No. 
I grew up in Union County. I can say that. <laughs> Todd's shaking his head this like is, I'm in teletherapy. Pick, taking a turn here. <laughs> taking a turn. So, <laughs> It'll be memorable. Right. It will be. Right. It will be. So our last question. Um, Virginia, Uh-oh. if heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You want to listen to NXS? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got a live concert. That's that's a first one. I don't think we've gotten that answer before. <laughs> that is that is a first. <laughs> Bailey, what would you like to hear God say? Oh, uh, there's no student loans here. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're, you know, it is, since you're deceased, you don't have to repay anything. It's true. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's one way you can get out of paying those student loans. Yeah. God <laughs> believes in all kinds of forgiveness, right? That's right. <laughs> including, <laughs> including loans. Including all the loans. <laughs> oh, man. So, well, guys. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast. We have learned so much about telepractice and 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 the two of you personally. So that's been wonderful. So as we wrap up, how can people find out more about uh, the platform? Where can they go? How can they reach out and, and maybe interact with you guys? So, yeah, so they can find us at ambiki.com, which is A-M-B-I-K-I.com. Um, and we they can start a trial. So they can trial out teletherapy. Um, they can trial the therapy tools that we have as well. Um, we are, since we are still relatively new, we're looking for all different types of opportunities and partnerships and ways to collect feedback. So um, if Ambiki is something that is really interesting to you, like we would love to hear from you and Mm -hmm. you can contact us. So we have help tickets on there. Um, You can contact contact us at info at Ambiki.com if you'd like, if you want to reach out directly via email. Um, And we're also on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn. So any of those channels, feel free to reach out. We're always happy to um, learn about therapist pain points or things that are interesting to them or ways that we can um, help the field. Awesome. Well, you guys will have to come back. We'll do a different list next time. Not be. <laughs> Not uh, be. Was the other list easier? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Are they the same? Are you just saying B, but it's really the same question? Yeah, no, they're different. No, they're different different. questions. (laughs) Okay. But they're not easier. Just different. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, definitely have to come back and give us an update in terms of how things are going in another six months or a year. And we'd love to have you back. Thank you so much, Kim and Todd. We really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thank Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Well, that was Bailey Morgan and Virginia Ingram from Ambiki. If you haven't checked out Ambiki at www.ambiki.com, you really need to. It's uh, an up-and-coming telepractice platform that I think you might like. So go check it out. And if you don't mind, just so that you know, we have a Facebook group that we've started called Telepractice Today. Please, if you don't mind, go join. 
and share information on the podcast, share information about telepractice, uh, network, do whatever you like. Make it your own. You can also follow us on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn as well. On LinkedIn, it's Telepractice and Speech-Language Pathology, uh, another group that is associated with this podcast. So, different ways you can reach out and interact with other people, other professionals who are interested in telepractice. And with that, we'll be back again next week with another episode. Until then, please be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.